I just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle, you've got to expect it to happen. You are the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality. Welcome to Life Today Live. I'm Randy Robinson. Great to have you here today. And uh, we're going to have a conversation I've been wanting to have for a while, but it's been a little bit of a challenge uh, addressing it, you know, uh, from with guests who are informed uh, and also coming from a spiritual perspective that most of us uh, are coming from, which is a Christian worldview. The topic is artificial intelligence. Uh, and I don't, I don't know how much you know about it, but what I have uh, seen, had firsthand experience with, both excites me and frightens me all at the same time. So we're going to talk about AI. What does it mean to you and me? And I have a couple of wonderful qualified guests to discuss this. Tim Wyatt is a freelance journalist. Uh, his articles have appeared in everything from The Guardian, The Times, The Economist, Sunday Telegraph, Independent, as well as the BBC. Uh, he is based, he's in Oxford right now in England. Uh, and his father is uh, John Wyatt. He is a doctor, author, speaker, and research scientist. Um, and he is, he's they're more than qualified to discuss this. They have a couple of things I want to mention. Uh, they have a podcast on the Premier Network called Matters of Life and Death that they do together. Uh, and we'll tell you a little bit more about that and how to find it. And then Tim hosts the Premier Christian Newscast uh, also on the Premier Network. Uh, and so coming from London and from Oxford today, uh, John and Tim Wyatt, great to have both of you on the program. I appreciate you being here. Thanks so much. Yeah, it's, good. it's very good to be here. Thank you. Yeah, looking forward to it. So, uh, John, we'll, we'll start with you um, because I know you, you've put a lot of thought uh, and, and research into this uh, as the senior researcher at the Faraday Institute for Science and Religion in Cambridge. This is, I'm sure, something that you have been looking at for a while. Um, just start a little bit with the basics about, you know, what artificial intelligence can do and why as Christians we need to approach it, not just from a technical standpoint, but really from a theological standpoint. Yeah. So it is, it's a really important and fascinating area. I think, you know, it's interesting to know that this idea of machines that become human-like, that can talk to us, that can think, that can act. This idea has been around in science fiction for a hundred years or more. Um, and people have been speculating about, you know, is it ever going to be possible? Are computers ever going to get powerful enough? But actually what we're now seeing uh, just in the last few years is it feels like science fiction is coming true, that an enormous amount of effort and energy is going in in, in labs around the world, um, especially in Silicon Valley, um, in the States, to try to make computer power uh, take over and, and, and replicate what the human brain is capable of. And, uh, you know, it, it feels to me a bit like the Manhattan Project um, back in the Second World War, when the whole resources of the state were being used uh, to try to develop nuclear weapons because of the threat from Nazi Germany and, and the Japanese. And it, in the same kind of way, there is a sort of huge concentration of resources going on now, but it's not being directed by the state. It's actually being directed by capitalism, really by, by market forces, because 
there are huge business opportunities here. And so companies are pouring billions into making new and more powerful machines. And we're seeing these machines. I think a lot of people have heard of ChatGPT, uh, which is a, a chatbot that you can just type any question in and it, and it speaks back to you as though there's a human being there. And this comes under the heading of generative AI. And as people look into the future, uh, we it's predicted this is going to get more and more powerful. It's going to be able to create not just voices, not just text. It's going to be able to create music. It's going to create video. It's going to be able to reproduce and do remarkable things. And there's a huge positive benefit here. I mean, I'm particularly interested in healthcare. I, I can see all sorts of positive things happening in healthcare. But at the same time, I think it's pretty obvious there are huge worries, <laughs> particularly in terms of what evil people can do yeah. with this kind of powerful technology. <laughs> I'm, I'm just waiting for my laptop to say, I'm, I'm sorry, Dave, I'm afraid I can't do that. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Tim, as, as you've been sort of exploring this, uh, writing about it, talking about it, uh, what what do you what concerns do you have when it comes to AI and the potential uses of it? I, I did a really fascinating um, piece a, a few uh, weeks months ago, looking at um, the people trying to use AI in the church. You know, people are, are taking this idea of ChatGPT. It can write things. Could it write a sermon? Could it choose my songs? Could it choose the prayers we're going to say at church on Sunday? Some people might recoil in horror at the idea, but there are Christians right now who are experimenting with this. And and I, and one of the things that came up really clearly when I was doing that research is that this is the kind of technical, the bar to entry is low. You know, anyone right now can just, if you have an internet connection, you know how to use a search engine, you can go and find a, a chat bot. And most of them are just free to use and, and so this doesn't take, you know, you don't have to be a coding whiz. This is open to anyone, good pastors, slightly less good pastors to just play around <laughs> with. But some of the real concerns that came out when I was talking to experts in this field was questions around to what extent can God speak to us, you know, through a sermon that was written not by a human being filled with the Holy Spirit meditating on scripture, but by a chatbot, you know. Some people say it's just another tool. It's just like using Google or a concordance, you know, but actually I, there are a lot of theologians, a lot of technical technical experts as well who are saying there's a there's a significant difference between the human being listening, reflecting, God speaking through them and something like ChatGPT, which might have access to, you know, to every Bible translation that's ever been produced, every commentary that's ever been written. But all it can do is hash together other people's thoughts. And often, as people will know, if they use these tools, they're not perfect. They get things wrong. Mm -hmm. Unlike Google, you might put in something, you know, I tried it out. I said, can you can you share me a Tim Keller quote on the sovereignty of God? And it sh shared three or four of them. And I searched and two of them completely made up. Don't appear in any of his written works, not in his sermons. They sounded good. They sounded realistic. They sounded like they could be true. But as far as I could tell, Tim Keller never said them. So that there's a real questions around, can we trust these tools as powerful, as seemingly powerful as they are in something as significant as, you know, a worship service? Uh, good question. What do you think? Do you have any personal thoughts on it? Do you know what? I actually swivel from side to side. <laughs> I really do. I, do I know too. that's really unsatisfying, but oh, I do. I, I yeah. can see the power of them. I can understand if you're a hard pressed pastor, you know, it's a lot of work. Um, but I think ultimately, if you put a gun to my head, I, I think we need, we need to be really, really careful, yeah. really careful, because 
I think there is something about, you know, Christianity is a is a is a faith of words, you know. God Jesus came to us as the word, and we have to be really careful what words we're using and where these words come from. And mm. so particularly when it comes to, you know, speech and sermons and prayers and worship. Um, yeah, I personally would err on the side of caution before kind of jumping into this brave new world. Uh, interesting. All right. Uh, I am in Texas, but we will hold no guns to your head today. So you're, you're safe <laughs> to speculate. Uh, uh, so, uh, John, uh, as a doctor, you mentioned some of the potential benefits. Uh, and, and we, you know, with ChatGPT, I think people are at least, at least heard of that. What I think a lot of people don't know uh, is that it's already there on the, on the audio side, on the voice side. Uh, someone here recently made a book promo for a book using my voice, promoting this book in just ridiculous terms, um, braggadocious, talking about, his, I never wrote the book and I never said these words, but I played that audio for my wife. And she was like, why did you, why would you do that? Why did you say that? And I was like, I didn't say any of this. My voice sample. And I know the video is coming. Some people are going to already do it. But we're going to get to the point where you won't be able to believe anything you see on online or on TV. How do we how do we balance the potential benefits like like you've seen with these potential uh, just lies? Essentially, somebody can make a lie. Yeah. And, and this is really concerning, isn't it? Because um, I think. Uh, you know, to use a different analogy, the genie is out of the bottle. Mm -hmm. uh, there's no way we can stop this now. They, these things are on open release. As Tim says, you don't need to have any coding expertise. Um, and therefore, whether we like it or not, this is now a reality of the internet world that we're never going to be able to trust whether or not um, a, a, an advert, a video, a news clip, whether it's real or not. And and I'm afraid really horrific things are already happening. I mean, there's been in the UK, there's been some real concern about TikTok videos of young girls um, where a face is being put onto a naked body. Mm. And the, there are these naked videos of young girls and, and schoolboys are using these and, and passing them around. And, um, you know, the, the ability to simulate, to do, to simulate horrific things, another, concern that scandals about that we've had in the UK, uh, as in many places around the world, some terrible tragedies where children, young children have been killed because of abusive parents or other um, phenomena. And, and there are videos circulating where where these young children who are, are dead, have been recreated and are telling their stories in their own words. Um, you know, it, it's just sort of horrific, really, about what can be done. And therefore, uh, it's very hard to see um, where this is going. But I, I think the first thing we have to recognize, therefore, is that, you, as you say, we can trust nothing. And um, it's interesting, isn't it? Because one of the things that makes me feel is, is, yes, media like this, international media, is amazingly powerful. You know, YouTube, uh, TikTok, uh, um, the Internet and so on. But actually, if you if you want to be absolutely certain that what you're experiencing is real, you have to meet people face to face. Mm. There is no substitute for face to face, embodied, meeting together 
and particularly in, in church, in a Christian community, where you eyeball someone in the flesh and you say, is this true? You know, are you real? Is yeah. this what you think? Because you're not going to be able to trust anything else. Yeah, you know, uh, here in the States, when uh, Donald Trump was running, running for president in 2016, there were accusations of a, a videotape that existed with a prostitute in Russia kind of thing, right? And like like the news media was touting, we, we had... But they could never produce the video, and so we go. Okay, well, you're you're just making that up. It doesn't exist. I think you could produce the video now these days, which is really disturbing because you look at the, and you know the political power, and it could, it could be Russian hacks or Chinese hacks impacting UK elections or you know U.S. elections, Canadian elections. I mean, the 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 fact that we are on the cusp and arguably already there that that you really can't believe your own eyes when it comes to the screen uh i think demands the spiritual response which is discernment uh i'm curious tim if you've really you know put put much thought into what is going to require not just as a intelligent human being but as a as a christian as a believer when it comes to discerning the not i don't know the spirits is if that's of abuse of scripture but how do we discern what is true in a world that is potentially so easily deceptive hmm. i think you put your finger on something really important there about discernment because as you say as we as we go into a into a world where we can no longer so easily trust what we're seeing what we're hearing um the ability to to act wisely you know i've been reading a bit of um ephesians recently uh, in our church and paul keeps talking about the the, the contrast between foolishness and wisdom you know mm -hmm. and that was true in the first century but i think it's going to be so much more true this is the spiritual gift we all need to be praying for is wisdom discernment and wisdom you know as a journalist i'm particularly concerned about how easy it is you mentioned you know to fabricate videos you know we're on the cusp now where world events could be shaped by you know fake news yeah. and malicious kind of news outlets uh, kind of twisting the truth and and as a kind of you know my profession is supposed to be telling the truth right and, and and so it is a massively concerning time and i think you know on a practical level i think it's really vital that we as christians are equipping ourselves you know so you know we're not all going to be tech experts but let's let's get wise and understand what is out there what is possible what are the telltale signs that this video we're scrolling past on social media might be manipulated mm -hmm. or disinformation you know that Yes, they can be excellent, but often with a bit of low-level detective work, we can actually be much more clued up as to what is fake, what is real, or even what is likely to be real, what is likely to be fake. So there's a practical job there, but I think you're right. The spiritual job as believers is to lean into discernment. And that's ultimately, I think, you know, a gift of the spirit, fruit of the spirit. And that's something we need to be praying, we need to be discipling ourselves, we need to be asking God for, because this is going to be a very confusing potentially quite a tumultuous time in coming decades. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, I, I don't want us to become, you know, uh, I, I, we, we have potential to do some good things uh, as believers for, uh, for the faith. And, and I don't want us to become so afraid of the technology that, that we don't get a handle on it in the church as well. Uh, and, and John, you, you'd mentioned, I, 
we touched on the, some of the medical potential benefits, but what other benefits do you possibly see of embracing artificial intelligence and using it in the right way? Yeah, I do think there are remarkable uh, possibilities here. Um, and there are also some technical solutions. Some, some of the, um, the problems that we're talking about have happened because the technology is still at a very early stage and the possibility of putting in uh, safety locks and so on as so far hasn't been explored. But the, there's very active work going on, for instance, in putting in um, hidden watermarks mm. into videos, into audio, into pictures, uh, which uh, can't be faked and which will prove one way or another whether this is genuine or not. So I think there are technological advances coming. Uh, similarly, this problem where these devices, these chatbots sometimes just go completely haywire and, and talk a load of rubbish. And, and um, th that is a technical problem which is being actively addressed. And it's likely that new generations of technology will make them much more reliable. So I, I think there are technical solutions. And I think the idea that um, we could have available to us a reliable source of information which effectively is able to uh, explain anything you would like uh, on any topic mm. uh, in any kind of entertaining way that can generate uh, new ideas, new, new information. Um, I think potentially that's a very, very powerful tool. Uh, in healthcare, for instance, it's, I think it's going to be possible to have effectively on a smartphone available to anyone in the world the kind of sophisticated medical information and diagnostic yeah. power that at the moment you need a sort of consultant in a, in a major center. Um, I think it actually is going to be possible to distill down uh, extremely sophisticated, complex medical information in a way that is going to be available across the world. And that doesn't solve all the problems, but it's actually potentially a really powerful new tool, um, reducing medical mistakes, uh, providing uh, reliable health information for people around the world. So. I, I do see very powerful tools here. I, and also even in, in, in Bible study, in theological analysis of having someone quotes so this machine that could actually explain to you in a reliable, helpful way um, what particular verses mean, what mm. concepts are, what that, that I think there are, there are there is real potential there. So I think going back to a sort of spiritual thing, it's not that technology is either all good, and we just say, isn't it wonderful, or it's just totally evil. But I think what we what we need to learn is how do we redeem this technology? Yeah. I, the way I see it yeah. is that the technology has a kind of bent towards the the dark side. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. It's the same about the way the Bible talks about mammon about wealth, that wealth in itself is dangerous. It, it's That's why the Bible calls it godless mammon. It sort of has this corrupting power, but it can be redeemed and used for good. 
And in the same way, I see that's what this powerful technology is like. It, it, it does have this, but because it's powerful, it always has this corrupting uh, potential. But by God's grace, we can learn to redeem it, to bring it back out of the hands of the evil one yeah. and use it for good. Well, no, I, I think you're absolutely right. And, and I think that is the hope. I will add, though, that a, a chatbot speaking rubbish arguably makes it more human. Uh, <laughs> I, I can see that. But Tim, Tim, I'm curious, have you come across any uses that Christians would say, oh, what? that's a wonderful use of AI. I can get on board with that. Yeah, I mean, I think I was waiting for, for my dad to say it, actually, because it's actually in the medical world. One of the most exciting ones is is they've been training some of these uh, computer software. They're called kind of machine learning algorithms that lie behind the chatbots. Um, and on how to do things like look at um, scans, you know, scans of of the brain or, or of lung scans. And, you know, often it takes many years of study for a doctor to kind of figure out, to be able to read these scans and identify and diagnose mm. cancers, and early tumors and growth like that. And as far as I understand, there are some really promising early signs that they've been able to train algorithms to do as good, sometimes a better job of looking at these medical scans and saying, actually, that that's uh, that needs to be reassessed. You know, that's a potential growth. And I think that's just a really exciting, small scale, but exciting example of how you could take something that is previously very expensive and time consuming, you know, having a doctor who spent 10 years training at X, you know, thousands of dollars per hour, uh, or you could just feed all these scans for free into the computer software and that and you could radically speed up diagnosis and, and hopefully catch a lot of these conditions there. That's a one small example, which I think no one could be opposed to that. That's a really powerful way that that this could be a tool that could really kind of boost human flourishing. Yeah. And I know that with the missions work that we do overseas, our organization does a lot of work to have that sort of expertise, if you will, in uh, in these underdeveloped countries, uh, exactly. hugely valuable. Have you seen any positive benefits just on, a say, uh, an evangelism side or a study side, something that is more within the church uh, that's been applied in a, in a positive way. Yeah, I, was, so I, I think this is a kind of growth area where, where uh, sorry to speak over you, Tim, <laughs> but uh, it's, uh, I, I think this is exactly where the research is just being done at the moment. Okay. I, I'm part of a big uh, research establishment called Tyndale House in Cambridge, which is does a lot of biblical studies, analysis of manuscripts. And we're actively talking about introducing AI into ways of examining original manuscripts, uh, finding, comparing, uh, organizing information, making it available again to people around the world in a, in a very accessible and easy form. I think we're going to see a growth of these kind of biblical Christian theological tools, which are, which are trustworthy and reliable and which um, make um, really valuable information easily available, the sort of stuff which you would need to have a Bible scholar or a, a theologian. Yeah. Potentially, we can have instantly available. Yeah. You seen anything, Tim? Yeah, I was going to say I've been I've been speaking to some pastors who um, have been experimenting with using chatbots, you know, not to write the whole sermon, because that seems a step too far. And, you know, is a bit risky if it accidentally introduces some some falsehood, but maybe using it to generate some kind of Bible study questions off the back of your sermon, you know, yeah. or, or, or people who said it's a really helpful tool to kind of brainstorm. You know, you could ask it, what kind of questions do people tend to have 
when they read this passage of scripture mm. and use that as inspiration for them for you to go away for your own personal study when you're when you're preparing a, a sermon so i think you know i'll lay my cards on the table I, I, maybe a bit more than my dad i'm a bit more of a skeptic of some of the kind <laughs> of grandiose revolutionary claims of ai you know i'm i'm not massively sure that you know in five years time these kind of godlike computer software programs will be running the world but what it clearly is incredibly powerful at doing is kind of the kind of brute force pattern recognition you know like those like understanding medical scans or you know looking through a million pages of text and pulling right. out the exact right sentence you need and i think some of those uh, when applied to the study of the scriptures to church context are going to be really quite transformational yeah and, and i see some of it being used in a way you would use some of the study tools that already exist uh but much quicker such as you know you you talked about ephesians well Give me, give me the cultural and historical setting of Ephesians so that I can understand it better quickly. Uh, and, and there you go, you know, a, a chat GPT or something like that could provide um, quick uh, resources that you could then implement into a sermon. We're also, a friend of mine, uh, we're looking at using some uh, AI possibly for, for translations into many, many languages uh, quickly. Uh, and so to be able to get, you know, spiritual resources around the world in native languages and dialects is really exciting. So I, I see a lot of positive benefits. Uh, f- final thoughts from uh, both of you uh, on just sort of the, how Christians can continue to move into this technolo- technological age and the advancements uh, in a wise way you know i think it's really important for people to remain informed i think one of the sad things is that i think a lot of christian people just don't want to go there it's like it's just too complicated too difficult um and i i think we you know it's part of our responsibility you know god calls us to be salt and light in the place in which he's placed us and if god has placed us in this technological world then we have a responsibility mm-hmm. to try to understand at least what is my calling how can i be salt and light in the place where i am the, i mean the other thing i think is that there are a surprising number of christians actually working in the tech industries you know there are there are many thousands of believers working in big companies and small startups and so on and you know we have a responsibility as Christians to try to support them, to encourage them, to help them to see their role as being a salt and light actually within the tech industry. Yeah. Yep. Tim? Yeah, I would echo a lot of that. I mean, like like, like my dad said earlier, it's important not to fall into either end of the spectrum. And, and you know, we don't want to be, get giddy and carried away with the technology and mm-hmm. think it can be, it can only be good things. But nor do we want to be kind of Luddites who turn our backs on the world and this extraordinary gift, you know, that, that we're discovering in, in the power of computing. So I would really urge kind of believers, as we, as we talked about earlier, it's about wisdom, it's about discernment. So you like get informed, you know, there are lots of great places online where you can find out more about some of this technology, but also how you can discern what is true, what is false, you know, what are the, what are the red flags that this bit of text might have been written by mm-hmm. an AI rather than by a human being? 
Um, you know, I would love it if Christians became known as some of the most discerning, wise people online, rather than as some of the most credulous and naive. <laughs> well, Maybe that is itself naive. naive. I don't know. <laughs> no, there, a, That's what a, you call a miracle. <laughs> a miracle. Oh, you guys are funny. I love your sense of humor. Uh, I, I would also say that if uh, AI starts writing contemporary uh, worship songs, you can't tell the difference because they all sound the same anyway. But, <laughs> Oh, I couldn't oh. possibly comment. <laughs> oh, no. All right. I'll be nice. All right. D Tim, if you wouldn't mind, um, I want people to know a little bit about, especially my American audience, North American audience, about Premier Unbelievable, uh, the the Premier Christian newscast that you do, as well as Matters of Life and Death, because I've, I've watched a bunch of the, the episodes, uh, and you guys actually do a really great job of exploring various topics that Christians are inter interested in. So for those of us on the other side of the pond that are not too familiar with uh, you guys tell us a little bit more about what you do thanks yeah so it, it kind of um the main thing is the podcast matters of life and death that's a weekly show that me and my dad do coming out every wednesday and and the basic idea is you know he's the he's the scientist he's the researcher he's the expert you know he's read the books he's done the stuff and i'm the kind of uh the voice of the every every everyday person who's trying to wrap their head around this. So so each week we take a big idea in in science or technology or healthcare or or ethics, you know, and we say what does this mean for ordinary believers? You know, how, let's understand it. But then we say so what? What does it mean for us? How does it change how we live? How should we be thinking in this kind of confusing technological world we live in? So it's a it's an attempt to try and help Christians kind of chart a course through some of this incredibly rapidly changing landscape we find ourselves in. Um, and, and yeah, we've been really pleased with the response. It kind of grew out of this kind of lockdown project we started off our own bat a couple of years, two or three years ago. And then it's got picked up by Premier, which is one of the biggest Christian media company here in the UK. So it's really massive expanded audience. About half our audience comes from the States already. So we are reaching your your fellow countrymen and women, which is really oh, exciting. Good, good. We, we'd love we'd love for more people to subscribe and and uh, and follow along. I um, do recommend it. I enjoy it. And you can also check out their personal websites. Uh, Tim's is tswyatt with two t's dot com, and then johnwyatt dot com, uh, and all the podcasts uh, available at Premier Unbelievable. British spelling of Premier, by the way. Uh, no, we, yeah. <laughs> of course, yes. Uh, but, but good content. Good thoughtful content uh and dealing with a really great range of issues and so we appreciate that i thank both of you for being here today uh wonderful conversation wonderful insight finally i got to do an ai program so thank you both <laughs> thank you thanks for being here appreciate all of you guys out there watching fun when hit share on uh, and if you haven't hit like follow or subscribe uh i would encourage you to do that you'll get notifications of more good interviews uh and um We'll try to keep you informed. Uh, and maybe it'll be next time, me next time, or it could just be an image of me. You never know. You'll have to come back and see it. We'll see you again next time here on Life Today Live. Exports.